lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Hey, we are back. It's like we never left. Happy Wednesday to all of you. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Merry Christmas to all of you. My name is Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin are here with me as well. If you would like to let us know what you think about what we think. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. Check out our MeWe page. That's the free speech alternative to Facebook. Uh, just look for Steve Dace there. And then also go to our new YouTube channel. If you want to get samples of the show that you can watch for free and then share with others, go to youtube.com slash dace. That's YouTube dot com slash dace and again that's d-e-a-c-e also let me say this from the outset um i mean wow our our sales yesterday for my new book a nefarious carol that is out now uh amazon ended up taking twice as many orders as they had books and they had books in the thousands so I mean, I'm just blown away by the response that we have gotten. Um, we are working as fast as we can, uh, or the publisher is, right now as we speak, uh, on the fulfillment uh, to get more in there. Um, the response to this has been insane. Um, all of the autographed copies at Premier Collectibles have sold out. So, I mean, I just want to thank everybody. Um, you guys... Um, I hope the book, um, I, I, I hope the book, I believe it will, it'll touch you in the way that it is intended to, but, um, I'm touched to see the response that the book has gotten. I mean, there was a period when I went to bed last night, Orwell's stuff is almost always, uh, the top two spots in the political fiction category on Amazon. When I went to bed last night, nefarious plot was actually ahead of Orwell. Uh, in that category, it, 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 now Orwell has reassumed his control over a genre that he is largely responsible for. <laughs> All right, uh, but um, I mean, you guys just blew the doors off of this thing yesterday. So, uh, thank you all very, very much. Um, keep those orders coming. If you're like, well, hey, you know, are they are you sold out? No, no, we've got thousands more. And those are being replenished as we speak. And we're also in the stage now, too, where uh, if you've had a chance to read the book and if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five star review over on Amazon, those can help as well. I don't know if I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm if, if our show's grown enough yet. Like, it's funny when it, when a Mark Levin or a Glenn Beck type releases a book, two things are going to happen. One, it's going to end up on the New York Times bestseller list. Right. The other, though, is it's going to get like a thousand one star reviews on Amazon just from people who know them and hate their politics. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, so I don't know that our prominence has has grown yet, that we attract the, uh, you know, cancel culture one star crowd with any form of magnitude, but just in case we're on enough radar screens now that, you know, I wake up here in a few days and, and we get like 50 of these one-star reviews just to stick the, you know, wave a middle finger at you. You know, we, we could use some five-star reviews to, to balance that out if you've had a chance to read the book and you enjoy it. Again, it's a nefarious carol. It was released yesterday. The response has been 
at least as far as anything I've written before, pretty overwhelming. Thank you very much. And I think the story will reward uh, your investment. And uh, please, if you're interested, we've got more. So uh, there's still time, still time to make sure our kids, now they're, they're going to get a Christmas, but how about maybe the Christmas that they deserve? What do you think? I mean, I went, the, I went a long time there very graciously, yeah. right? Okay. But I was a little concerned if I didn't throw something heavy-handed there, and at the end, you guys would get mad at me. We have successfully flattened the curve of Steve's uh, wallet. Now we need to crush the curve. Yes, yes. You need to slow the spread of my kids' Christmas list, mm-hmm. all right? So you flatten the curve. There, so the, 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 they will get Christmas now, but now you need, and it's going to take two more weeks, I think, right? Yeah. Two more weeks, yes. So uh, now you've got to slow the spread of their Christmas list, yes. You've masked. Now we'd like you to double mask. Yes, mask again. That's exactly right. Thank you. Um, You know, it is the season for giving after all, and our friends over at Patriot Mobile are back with a brand new Christmas promotion just for all of you until Saturday. That's December the 19th. So by the end of this week, you can get a Samsung A11 for yourself and someone close to you. That's two phones. Absolutely free. If you make the switch over to Patriot Mobile. Now, if you like the phone you currently have, you don't want to switch the phone, you can do that, but still switch to Patriot Mobile and get um, a free activation and a special gift just for using my name, Steve, as the promo code when you go to PatriotMobile.com. And the cool thing about Patriot Mobile is you're going to get all the same nationwide coverage that you get from all the big boys because they all use the same towers. The difference is uh, they don't charge you hidden fees. They'll find a plan that fits into your budget and they don't donate um, their profits to soul and culture killing causes. They they donate it to the stuff that we're for instead. Okay, and and keep in mind uh, it is Patriot Mobile. So if you're a veteran or a first responder, they've got even more savings for you. So let them know when you go to the website PatriotMobile.com/slash/Steve. Again, that's PatriotMobile.com/slash/Steve, or give them a call at nine seven two Patriot. That's nine seven two Patriot. All right, it's a Wednesday. Coming up on the show today, uh, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz is going to join us. I got to tell you, man, I listened to his Monday podcast. And wow. I mean, it was like a dispatch from Isaiah, Elijah. I mean, it was like it was like an Old Testament prophet did a podcast, okay? That Monday podcast is ablaze. Pardon the pun. I'm going to see if we can get him to give us at least the Reader's Digest version of that uh, when he joins us here uh, in the final segment of the show. Of course, we're going to play uh, our favorite weekly game of Buy, Sell, or Hold. That'll be coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the Georgia runoff. Joe Biden went down to Georgia to support Democrat Senate candidates Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. They'll put you first, the people of Georgia. There's no doubt in my mind, none, none, that if Texas or Trump or anyone else in the United States Senate tries to do anything except respect the will of the people of Georgia, they'll move heaven and earth to stop them. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib made her pitch as well. I also hope you realize, like, just the opportunity here that Allah has given us uh, to show the power of Muslims uh, in Georgia uh, and just collectively, like, hey, we're here. I want people to be like, oh, my God, 
I didn't even know Muslims are in Georgia. Exactly. The GOP, meanwhile, is hoping their base turns out in Georgia despite the last month and doing everything they can to depress said base. Mitt Romney went on CNN and lamented the fact that Trumpism isn't going anywhere. Well, I think uh, President Trump will continue to have substantial influence on the party. And I think if you, if you look at the people who are rumored to be thinking of running in, in 2024, besides uh, the president, uh, those are people who are, are trying to appeal to kind of a populist approach. Um, uh, so I don't think Trumpism is going away. Uh, but I hope that we can have disagreements over policy and a vision of our respective parties without continuing to promote a, a, a narrative which puts democracy itself in jeopardy. In other news from the swamp, Mitch McConnell, after waving the white flag yesterday on the election, announced the Senate and the House are very close to a passing a deal for more stimulus money and coronavirus relief. Moving on and checking in on the branch covidians this is a source of confusion but no uh, this is one of the misperceptions here just because you get vaccinated with that second dose does not mean you should be participating in things like traveling in the middle of an out-of-control pandemic or that you're liberated from masks Mm -hmm. everything still applies until all of us get the two-dose regimen. We don't think that's going to happen until June, July. Then Gupta followed up that interview by tweeting, quote, I get my vaccine tomorrow and I'm grateful to the scientists who labored to make this day happen. After the second dose, 21 days later, I will continue masking, distancing and avoiding travel until Dr. Fauci says otherwise. Meanwhile, Karen's husband, Neil, is busy accosting women for not wearing a mask. Put your mask on. Get away from me, Put it on. Does it bother anybody else that she doesn't have to wear a mask that we all do? Just go away. Stay six feet away from me then. No. Get away from me. No. Please get away from me right now. No. You don't know why. You don't need to come near me. She has it on her damn hand. Get away. Put your Mask on. Back in Realityville, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced yesterday restaurants in Florida can remain open. That's it. That's literally it. They can remain open because it's still America down there. In Minnesota, a group of over 150 businesses are planning to reopen this week in defiance of Governor Tim Walz's COVID-19 restrictions. Darius Tigro, the founder of the Reopen Minnesota Coalition, said in a radio interview this week, quote, they've got bills to pay, children to feed, presents to gift, and they're going to lose their homes. Crazy's update, a San Francisco school named after Abraham Lincoln is changing its name because racism. The San Francisco Unified School District announced a renaming committee for Abraham Lincoln High School because the district says Abraham Lincoln did not demonstrate that black lives mattered to him. Not joking. In other news, former Democratic presidential candidate and South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg has snuck in the back door of the Biden administration. Biden named him as the head of the U.S. Transportation Department. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee. Man selflessly offers to let rest of the country try vaccine first. And that's what happened while we were away. Oh. Remember Remember the early days of... Pete Buttigieg, double entendres. Yeah. We were so innocent then. I know. Right? Just kids. (laughs) Just scrappy Plucky kids Just with a, a plucky dream. bunch of patriots living on a knife's razor's edge. Unknowing what was coming down the pike, what the rest of the year looked like. Thinking that this was the most irreverent and edgy thing we were going to do all year long, right? Little did we know. Little did we know what specters lied ahead, indeed. 
Uh, Aaron's Montage brought to you by Home Title Lock. The crime is called Home Title Theft. Don't get a crash course in it uh, the wrong way because it happened to you. All right. This is because cyber thieves know that our home titles are kept online these days. So they go online, forge your signature on a quit claim deed to make it look like you sold your home to them. And then they're taking out loans against your home and your equity. And often you won't even know if it happens to you until late payment notices, collection notices, maybe foreclosure notices arrive. Uh, unfortunately, your homeowner's insurance, your bank, can't, your mortgage lender can't protect you, but Home Title Lock will, and they're so confident in their protection that in the unlikely event home title theft happens to you while you're being protected by them, they pledge to spend up to a quarter of a million dollars in legal fees, rightfully restoring your home's title to you. All right, so go to HomeTitleLock.com right now, <clears throat> pardon me, and register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't yet know it at HomeTitleLock.com. And then while you're there, use the promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, coming up in the overtime today, we are going to talk to somebody in one of the states currently being contested in the presidential election who attempted to use the process by which to get answers and find out, is this fraud or is it not and we're going to talk to such an individual. They're from your home state of Wisconsin, correct? Correct. And we're going to just listen to them tell us what that experience was like trying to get answers. That's coming up in the overtime today. If you are a Blaze TV subscriber, good news for you. Go to blazetv.com slash dace, and we will have it posted there. We're going to record it right after the show today, and we'll upload it there later today for you to download it on demand at blazetv.com slash dace. That's also where you can go. Uh, if you're not yet a subscriber, but you want to subscribe at a discount, blazetv.com slash dace, you'll Watch today's overtime and all of the other exclusive content we do each day right here at Blaze TV. All right, let's let's get to what's in Aaron's montage. Um, right before we went on the air, some further context to what you had in your montage, Aaron, about a COVID relief bill on its way. Yeah, Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri is tweeting out that word on the street is that this won't include direct payments to people like you. Um, and I want to make sure I, let me go, cause this all happened right as we were going on the air. Let me find the exact tweet from the Senator. Um, it's a scoop tweeted out by Charles Gasparino, a Fox business network quote, some GOP sources, doubtful direct payments will make it in the final COVID relief bill. I just don't think there are the votes for direct checks. And Josh Halley responds, stiffing working people would be a very bad mistake. In other words, everybody gets paid except the people right now that are paying the most for all of this. Everybody else gets paid, though. Like the Kennedy Center earlier this year got paid, right? Okay. Everybody else except the people paying the most gets paid. Now... Um, to me, these are reparations. Government did this to you, to your family, to your school, to your business. These are reparations as far as I'm concerned. But let me tell you what happens. Let, let's just game plan this out, okay? Let, let me tell you what happens if the Republicans tell Pelosi we can't get a COVID relief bill by the end of the year that includes direct payments, so take it or leave it, and she takes the deal. 
let me tell you what happens next. And if you think I'm wrong, what do you, what do you know and remember about Obamacare? Remember that? I do. Do you remember that was the issue that over the next decade, we had two separate election cycles or three separate election cycles, I should say, after Obamacare was passed and the Democratic Party lost over a thousand races across the country. Do you remember this? Yeah. And so their, their ranks were so decimated by Obamacare that when Donald Trump was sworn in in January of 2017, there were the fewest elected Democrats in office in America nationwide since FDR reset the electoral map during the New Deal. So pre-Great Depression, we're going back almost a century now. That's a long time, right? Yeah. Pretty much before anybody within the sound of my voice was born or can remember. And then a scant two years later, we had a midterm election. And the same party that was absolutely decimated by Obamacare over the course of several election cycles. The same to the point that its bench consisted in the 2020 primary of a guy who has clearly dementia. And he almost lost out to a socialist who's nuts. Well, actually, a a Soviet, not a socialist, a Soviet who's nuts. And a guy who couldn't fix potholes in South Bend, Indiana as a mayor, right? A a city with the population of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, that may have won the first caucus state we don't even still know right do i have this right sure that's how decimated the democratic bench was by obamacare and yet just two years later in 2018 when there was a midterm election the democratic party won 40 house seats and you know what the number one issue was guys do you know what the number one issue that they ran on was Oh, orange man bad was the number one issue. Okay, I'm sorry. The number one issue issue, like <laughs> that wasn't a personality. The number one issue issue was healthcare. Healthcare. Why? Because Republicans had done, what was it, over 30 or 50? I don't even remember the number now. It was just a lot. In the, into the dozens. They'd done dozens and dozens of show votes in the years that they kept winning these legislative seats, right? Uh, they, kept, they kept doing dozens and dozens of show votes to repeal Obamacare, root and branch. Uh, Cocaine Mitch said, root and branch, root and branch. Got to repeal it, root and branch, right? And then when they had all the votes to do it, they had total control of government. What did they do? Not repeal it. There's still roots and branches. Yeah, uh, plenty of branches and the root remains. Yes. Stump removal is hard, guys. Yes, they didn't do it. And instead, their original master plan was, well, we're going to get rid of the corporate mandate, but keep the individual mandate. Do you guys remember those shows we did at the time? Yeah. Well, I I just said, why don't you guys just write every Democratic commercial ever, ever. So we're going to we're going to bail corporate America out from the Obamacare mandates. But you guys, individuals, we don't care about you. You you still you pay, you pay, you pay. Facebook. And Google don't have to, while they're collecting your data and selling it for trillions, they don't have to, they don't have to honor the mandates. But the people whose data they're selling for trillions, you pay, you pay. That's like every Democrat commercial of all time. And they were going to do it too, actually, until this thing emerged called the House Freedom Caucus that pushed back on this successfully. So they ended up coming up with some form of a, 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 a quote unquote repeal of Obamacare that repealed the mandates but kept the subsidies 
So in other words, what actually the, the, the money that was kept into the system to pay for the cost of all the regulations and subsidies inherent to Obamacare, mandating that corporations with uh, employees working a certain amount of hours, 29, I believe it was, had to buy health insurance. Everybody, including healthy millennials that don't want to pay, have to buy health insurance. You have to keep your uh, your adult child on your health care until they're 26, like with auto insurance, right? Men were paying for pap smears. Remember all this stuff we talked about for years, right? Okay. All that stuff, all the regs and, and subsidies stayed. But the mandates went away. So that now we're going to get the worst of both worlds. Right? We're going to have all of the regs, but then we're not going to we're not going to have the money. Not surprisingly, people hated this. Okay. <laughs> and the Republicans lost 40 house seats in the very first election after Obamacare had so decimated their ranks. The Democrats were down to their lowest numbers since before the Great Depression, nationwide. I regale you with that sad tale to show you that what I'm about to propose to you as a potential outcome of all of this is not far-fetched. It's not my uh, meandering, um, you know, get-off-my-lawn level of... Uh, Grand Torino anger at the Republican Party. It's why I have this get off my lawn, Grand Torino anger at the Republican Party. It's the cause of it. And I'm not denying I do. In fact, I prayed about it and I feel real good about it right now. Okay? I'm telling you why I have this level of seething. Why? Because of experiences like this with Obamacare that I just regaled you with. And now, and now let me forecast to you its own sordid tale. If they pass a COVID relief signed by a Republican president with a majority Republican Senate and Nancy Pelosi takes this deal in the Democratic House, if they do this and it doesn't include direct payments to everyday Americans, like the one in, 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 the, in, in last spring did, if it does not, this is what I believe will happen next. Joe Biden is likely to be sworn in on January the 20th, barring some kind of miracle that we cannot currently foresee. They lose the Georgia runoffs because now they've told their people, we surrender on voter fraud, we surrender on immigration, we're, we're going we're gonna to make sure our court, we're, we're back to being technocratic corporatist whores. We turn, and that was after we already turned the National Defense Authorization Act into an, an omnibus bill of pork, right? Right? Have I missed anything yet here? Am I nailing this? Okay. These are just all things they've done in the last couple of weeks, right? Okay. So um, we're going to do all of that and then probably lose the Georgia Senate runoff because Stacey Abrams is already laughing to the bank with 1.6 million votes. She's already got banked. Okay. Um, they then win the Georgia Senate runoff go to Washington in late January with total control. And do you know what one of the first things the Democrats are going to do with that? Do you know what it is? Come on. Come on. You know. Come on. Just guess. What do you think it might be? What do you think a party that just lost 15 House seats when it was expecting to lose 25 or win 25? All right. 
What do you think it might? And it, and it just won. It just won the presidency and two Senate runoffs in Georgia. 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 Yes, yeah, sweet Georgia on my mind. Yeah. What do you, What do you think they might turn around and then and do? Why I know what they might do. A COVID relief bill, Redux. And maybe this one only is direct payments to everyday Americans. They don't send corporate America anything. Because corporate America already agrees with them on the culture war issues anyway. And they're like, we're not losing the house to Kevin McCarthy or fake Joan of Arc on Fox News for the next two years. We'll just, we'll now do, in fact, that's why Nancy Pelosi would take this deal. So she could do that. You know, the same woman that didn't take a deal that would have helped you for the last few months so it would wreck the election. She takes this deal now, just so come January, they then get to do another COVID relief bill this winter. It's only maybe direct payments to everyday Americans. See, and with and they hate Trump and this populist base and he's gone. See, it's the same. They're just a bunch of technocratic corporatist whores over there in Team GOP. They hate your guts. They hate people like you. And so they do it. They do it. With total control come January, they do it. And just crush the Republicans with some class warfare populism. Gentlemen, your thoughts. And a Merry Christmas to all of you. It's your fault, though, Steve, uh, that the Republicans are not going to win the Georgia runoffs. And it's anybody who might have any doubts about the election or whether or not their vote actually can, it's going to be their fault. So I hope I hope we're all ready for that, because I see even some people who are very close to uh, wearing our jerseys already saying that already saying that uh, 2010 GOP, uh, no, 2012 GOP. We will repeal Obamacare root and branch 2024 GOP. We will repeal the mark of the beast beast root and branch you want to know how we get to places like that of course that's hyperbolic you don't want to know how we get to places like that because of this conversation we're having right here because of this conversation because they are for the most part well one they just don't agree with their base the republican party two they are a bunch of technocrats and three when they do lose elections that they are expected to win they blame their base that they already disagree with so that's that's a healthy relationship right there Please tell me I'm nuts, I'm crazy, and I have allowed my disdain for the Republican Party establishment to cloud my judgment. Todd, go. No. No. Not doing it. It's healthy. I want more of it. If you like it, you want more of it? The Mikey thing? No. Listen. You like it. You really like it. You want more of it. Yes. Or you hate America. Right? Is, am, I, am I doing this right? We're at a time, speaking of the rest of the month, not, you know, Abraham Lincoln didn't like black people, don't you know? So schools can't be named after. And it just, the stuff like that continues to stand on. And no one, people keep waiting for common sense to kick in. It's never going to kick in. The Pelosi's of the world, just, Nancy Pelosi, instead of learning lessons from this, she came in like a boss and said, you're all wearing masks. I... There's no, there's no stopping this. It's certainly not Republicans. This party needs to die. 
It, it it simply does. If this is true, and Steve came in today, and this is the first I had uh, heard of this, but it does. It, it, this isn't about you know who whose money and how are we spending it and and can we afford it or anything like that. For, forget that for a second. It's just about the game. There are master chess players playing again. The Republican Party is basically Jeffrey Tubin. That's. They're just really, really bad at whatever it is they think they're doing. That I'm not entirely sure about, which is why I want to run for office and go up there and just see with my own eyes. Like, what what do you think you're trying to accomplish? But whatever it is, they're terrible at it. It's just such a frustrating feeling, man. Because you feel like if you don't vote for these people, you're going to drown, right? You're treading water, you're treading water, you're treading water. But you also, when you look around, you're in the open sea and no method to actually come to shore yeah. ever presents itself. You just sit in the open sea and tread water forever. Yeah. You don't ever, ever reach dry land. Rescue never arrives. You just remain in this limbo paddling 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 to stay above the water and the water doesn't care about you. Mitt Romney's little speech didn't give you any comfort no I, I didn't get the vapors from that I I got something else that I probably shouldn't say on the air I got that we'll come back and play buy seller hold here next stay tuned You know, the average American may have up to 100 points they can add to their credit score, but has no idea how to acquire them. Well, that's where ScoreMaster comes in. It's the new credit science that will help you super boost. Not talking a few points here and there. Super boost your credit score. In fact, the average ScoreMaster user boosts their score about 60 points in about three weeks or less because they put that knowledge in your hands. The knowledge that the banks have and they, yeah, they'll share it with you. They'll let you look at Have you ever tried to read your own credit report? Man, it's Sanskrit. All right. Uh, ScoreMaster actually will help make sense of it for you. Here is exactly why you you have the score you have and then you tell them hey here's the score that i need and then they'll chart a plan for you to get to that score and how long it will take and it's a big difference not just in getting approved for that home auto or or business loan but the terms of repayment the interest rate you can get as well and nowadays a lot of employers are looking at credit scores too so if you want to give it a shot enroll in minutes see how many plus points that scoremaster can add to your credit score when you view or visit scoremaster.com/steve that's scoremaster.com just like it sounds scoremaster.com slash deep let's get to it one of our favorite times of every week we call it buy seller hold aaron with some help from his friends you in the audience will throw at us uh, a series of predictions or prophecies or proclamations maybe even a list or two who knows what subjects will be addressed todd you and i upon seeing these will decide do we buy it we think it has some merit uh, do we sell it we think it has none uh, and if we're not sure what the hell it is or where it's going, we get to put a hold on it. And because it's 2020, man, put as many hold on it, holds on it as you see fit. Aaron. We shall begin with Constantinus Roditus. 
who has not uh, we haven't I haven't taken a, a suggestion a from him for yes. a while. Uh, this one was good. My three specific 2020 Christmas gifts uh, ideas. Three uh, built bar shofar. <laughs> Uh, number two, a simply safe election monitoring system. That's really good too. Yes. And number one, his uh, best specific 2020 uh, Christmas gift ideas: the U.S. Constitution, straight from the halls of government, never used but slightly worn from being trampled on. Wow, good one. I think Aaron, you were about to say Christmas grift ideas and corrected yourself, but you had it right the first time. Yeah. Um, no. This is this is the kind of thing that. Uh, shamelessly gives the day kids the Christmas they uh, want and deserve. So I think you're on board. My only complaint is you should not have started with this. I mean, this should have been like the last shot. I mean, we've got almost an entire hour of, of this still to come to follow up. I mean, this is so brilliantly done. I I pity the I pity those that have to follow this one up. So I'm a buy on every single See, one of those. If I start Absolutely. if I start with a bad one though, then people will, will just tune out. So so we hooked him in now. Okay, all right, okay. Uh, up next, Tyler says. Uh, by the way, he was the one who made my face mask that you like so much, Steve. Uh, oh, yeah, Aaron and I were at a gas station yesterday. Just went there at the same time, and I saw him walking out. Uh, with a mask and it says virtue signal on it and I loved it. Loved it. That's a great one. Uh, He says, Steve gives pumpkin spice scented respirators to all the staff as Christmas bonuses because unprecedented times. That's a good one too. We haven't had, we haven't had, uh, you know, our, uh, our BDSRM fetish because you had to add respirator now, right? Because we had, the country had a massive uh, respirator fetish or at least uh, the people at the uh, coronavirus task force did, or the president did. So we haven't had any good respirator porn in a while. Um, uh, I'm, I like it. I'm going to buy. I like that one a lot. It's, it's appropriately snotty, particularly for this time of year. Yes. I'm selling because when it comes to pumpkin spice, Steve is a selfish lover and he would hoard it all for himself. For the record, uh, a very nice gentleman named David Bush, I forgot to thank you yesterday, David, thank you, uh, left us as some gifts uh, in appreciation, uh, we have a, a phenomenal local dairy company here called A&E Dairy. And when I lived in other parts of the country, but we would come back to Iowa to visit family, we'd always go to the grocery store and rate it for A&E dip and then just take it back with us and freeze it for the rest of the year. Because anywhere we lived in America, no one had better chip dip than A&E Dairy did. Okay. So A&E Dairy is a big time. And you would expect Iowa and Wisconsin and states like that to, you know, have the pre- some primo dairy products, right? He left us a bunch of dairy products yesterday, and one of the dairy products that Annie Dairy does here locally is one of the best things I have ever drank in my life. It is pumpkin eggnog, and, and it is insane how good it is. Correct me if I'm wrong. I did offer it to you, did I not? You, you did, but it was a trolling offer. No, I, I meant it was not, you know, like... Uh, you don't really want this though, Todd. You can have it if you don't want it. It wasn't like that. I it was it was a sincere offer that I was willing to share in the gloriousness of pumpkin spice with you. I was. I offered it to you. Didn't I? You did, but Aaron, didn't I offer I it to you as well? You did. Wasn't it sincere? It was earnest. Thank you. Okay. See, I'm a pumpkin spice evangelist. I I I'm you know. I sensed a I'm, trap. No, no, I'm, I'm, dude. I'm next September. I'm just knocking on doors now. Okay, have you tried pumpkin spice? Hey, if you died today, 
and you hadn't tried pumpkin spice. You see what I'm saying? I mean, hey, you know, I'm going to hand out pumpkin spice tracks. Yes. Todd, next time something pumpkin spice comes and there's only one of it and he offers either one of us, we, we have to make a pact that we are going to accept it just to see what he'll do. Just to see what he'll do. Didn't we get a bunch of pumpkin spice gluten-free muffins from our other buddy? Yeah. Didn't I, I give, those. Didn't it give like almost all of those to you? That's true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They're gluten-free. That, that was nice. Yeah, uh, those Elliot, were really good, too, by the way. Elliot Wants says, We need more movies like Christmas Chronicles 2 that shows the links between faith traditions and secular traditions. Uh, bye. And uh, if the first one is is a cute movie. came out on Netflix a couple of years ago. Kurt Russell plays Santa Claus, and I think he loses his sleigh or something in a, in a family that's going through a dark time because the dad has died and... Um, he ends up enlisting them to help him find a sleigh and finish off Christmas. And then there's like a post credit scene at the end with Goldie Hawn, Kurtz. Did they ever marry? I don't remember. Or did they just... I don't know. I don't believe so. Okay. I mean, in California, they're married, right? But I don't know that they ever went and did a formal uh, uh, ceremony. But I guess we would call it his uh, common law wife, right? Is They've been together called? for... A, yeah. Like, like 30 years yeah. or something. Uh, Goldie Hawn is revealed like in a post credit scene as Mrs. Claus. So it's kind of, and it's clearly setting up a sequel. Mm-hmm. So the sequel is out on Netflix now and we watched it the other night and it's, it's cute. Um, and the, the tales about redemption and, uh, about, um, uh, family unity and stuff like that. Well, one of the things that it does in the story and, it, and Goldie Hawn as Mrs. Claus tells the story to the kids who want to know where Santa came from. And in, and in the middle of the, of, of the movie, we start go. We go back to Asia Minor in the fourth century, and you see Saint Nicholas putting oranges in the stockings. Okay, so if you want to know where stockings came from, those were put there because it was it was fruit that Nicholas was giving to the children in this day and age. Because these things, this was it was considered a very expensive item. It was a delicacy, a banana or an orange at this time. And if you, the concern was if you, they were just left out, they would spoil or. Uh, bugs or uh, mice might eat them uh, or, or or get their you know grimy claws on them. And so the children would put their their stockings, uh, you know, hang them up overnight when St. Nicholas came around so that when the fruit was put in there, it would it would stay away from prying hands. And you see this. Uh, in the movie, you see a they they do that thing where they de-age people like they did Kurt Russell in mm-hmm. the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So he's de-aged. You see a younger Nicholas of Asia Minor delivering gifts to uh, all of these kids, and they go through like the history of Saint Nicholas as a, like a brief interlude in the story, and then you find out that the entire North Pole. It's it's its central power source is a fragment of the star of Bethlehem, the actual star of Bethlehem. So that's what um, Elliot is talking about. And it was it. I just I tweeted about it, watching it in real time the other night. I was like that's just a nice touch, you know. That not everything has to be a hit you over the head, direct evangelistic appeal, man. And I say that as an evangelical, you know, but. So there's got to be somewhere between let's annoy people to you know consistently uh, and pester them never end never endingly or let's just abandon every damn tradition we have at the exact same time you know what I'm saying somewhere between those two there's got to be a place where we can live together right and I thought that this movie kind of found that place and was cute and liked it I agree bye.
Up next, we have Rally Squirrel Esquire, who says Christmas is best celebrated in large maskless groups of family and friends, especially when such groups are banned. Uh, yes. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. I mean, here, it's really simple, man. It's simple. It really is. If nobody in your if, if nobody you're getting together with has covid and you don't guess who's going to get covid everyone yes <laughs> that must be the only answer right just like after thanksgiving because we're seeing yes the repercussions of that yes, right that yes. hellscape yes yes so um uh, really if if it, it i i probably shouldn't say what i was going to say because i was going to say that if if you aren't capable of that level of common sense, you probably don't deserve Christmas. But then I realized, you know what? I stopped myself before I said it. None of us deserve Christmas. And that's what makes it worth celebrating. Amen? Amen. Okay. Moving on, Blake Johnson says, George C. Scott's A Christmas Carol is the best version of the movie. I will sell. I actually think the best version is the Disney animated version with Jim Carrey as Ebenezer Scrooge about 10 years ago. Uh, the animation is spectacular and it's it, it's the most faithful adaptation directly from the story itself I, I, I've ever seen. Uh, Carrey is great. Um, I think the Jim Carrey animated version that Disney did about a decade ago is the best. I just saw uh, Scrooged again with Bill Murray. I just, I've, I'd never seen it before. And I couldn't believe I'd never seen it before, but I had not. Are you kidding me? I just watched that over the weekend. It was okay. I didn't find it like, it was, it seemed, and I'm a child of the 80s. And even in the middle of it, I was like, this is very 80s. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like Big Trouble in Little China combined with Charles Dickens. You know I mean? That's kind of what it is. Well, the, I, I do like it. it. It It's not great, but I, I think it's good. I think it's fun. But th- there is a, and if you know anything about Bill Murray, in order um, to get Ghostbusters made, he said, okay, but you got to help me do this small film called The Razor's Edge. And it's this movie about uh, uh, being in World War II and then going off, or maybe it's World War One, and then but uh, going off to a Buddhist monastery. Anyways, there's a searcher quality to Bill Murray and it's hard to believe if you don't know that story but if you watch this movie and he's just this bombastic irritable unlikable guy but when he is saved I don't know Steve I, it never fails to amaze me the it, it I've seen that movie I don't know how many times in my, my my life but when Bill Murray gives the speech about the miracles of Christmas and how he has changed it is powerful it is it's one of those scenes where this guy isn't just acting he, he and 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 whether he's a christian or, or not but the, the, about what christmas is whether he's a christian or not christmas comes in and affects us anyway despite ourselves that's steve's point we don't deserve it and there's a moment where christmas just overwhelms the actor i i i you, I'd be interested in to see if any of you agree with me because it is really that powerful. I just happened to see it last week, so it's on my mind. But it, it's um, it's a 
it, it speaks to what Steve's saying. Thank God for this season right now and that this season is at the end of this ridiculous and preposterous year because whatever reserves we can draw from the miracles of Christmas, we're going to need coming going forward. Up next, we have Ray, who says Ralphie from A Christmas Story is a better actor than Kevin from Home Alone. Sell, sell, a thousand times sell. You Really? You feel that strongly about it? Yeah. It's all by. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I think I'll, it's cute. I, but. I, I, I'll sell because I just think they're both well done cute kids at the time you know i don't know how many people realize this but the guy who plays ralphie in a christmas story has gone on to become a very very successful producer in hollywood and one of his primary partners is a guy named john favreau oh okay and one of the movie one of the movies that ralphie produced so he's he has starred in a movie that a lot of people think might be the greatest Christmas movie of all time. He's also produced a movie that a lot of people think might be the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Elf. And that's how John Favreau got that directorial job for Elf. And the job that Favreau did on Elf is how he got Kevin Feige's attention at Marvel and got the job for Iron Man to kick off the MCU. And that guy, that same guy, he plays in Elf. He's the supervisor elf that at the beginning of the movie talks about Buddy is, you know, killing him with the, the his slow work pace. Mm-hmm. Remember that scene? Okay. He also has a cameo in the first Iron Man movie where Obadiah Stane goes after him for not being able to reclimate Tony Stark's technology. And in the last Spider-Man movie, he is uh, Mysterio's bald uh, assistant. In this, is That's that, Peter Billingsley? Yes, it is. Yeah. I don't think people realize that Peter Billingsley has gone on. That put his He's got his hands in a lot of cookie huh. jars in Hollywood. Yeah. But uh, in, including all over the MCU. So, yeah. A little fun fact there. Uh, up next, Elliot Evans says, country Christmas music is very underrated. Oh, that's a, that's a great call. Absolutely by. Yeah. I mean, to me, the, the two best forms of of of, of of course, the th- my three favorites uh, are the classics, like we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, with Bing and Nat and Sinatra and Dean Martin. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd sit around and listen. Dean Martin and Zach Galifianakis. If, if, what, what would, what's a good night for Steve? If I just got to listen to Dean Martin and Zach Galifianakis, uh, Galifianakis, just read the phone book, I, 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 let alone Dean Martin sing Christmas music, okay? The other, uh, I think a lot of our contemporary Christian artists today do great jobs updating or contemporizing Christmas classics. Mm-hmm. And then I think country music singers do a phenomenal job. I mean, Martina McBride has a, did a great Christmas album several years ago, for example. So yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely all in on that. I will say, I love me some George Strait. I had no idea he did a Christmas album. I may be committing a dude foul with what I'm about to say. Okay. But you know, I like Mac and cheese. You like Mac and cheese? I do. I love pizza, right? One day I tried mac and cheese pizza. I'm like, this has got to be great. No. no. They belong separate. I love George Strait, right? Mm-hmm. I love Christmas music, right? Sure. George Strait doing Christmas music? No. 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 Don't cross the streams. No. Hour two is next.
We are back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Thank you for joining us here on the Steve Day Show. That would be me, Totters, and Aaron McIntyre. They're here with me as well. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can access that by emailing the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show over on MeWe. That's your free speech alternative to Facebook. Uh, use uh, Steve Dace over there. Uh, a parlor is your free speech alternative to Twitter. That's at Steve Dace on Parlor. Also, check out our new YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Steve Dace. It's not Dace, but Steve Dace, right? I said it wrong last hour, I think. For YouTube? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's Steve Dace. Steve Dace. Okay, yeah. yeah. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. I, I, I want to reset this quickly from the top of the show. Our first day of sales for the new book, guys, blew this thing out of the water. Uh, Amazon.com is getting replenished as we as we speak. So still opportunities for you to get to get your copy ordered just in time for Christmas. But this is going to be um, the most successful book I've ever written. So thank you to all of you that made that happen. And I, I sincerely hope the story impacts you in a way that it yeah, was worth your investment. So thank you. Uh, and my kids Christmas fun. Uh, they thank you as well. So uh, if you've had a chance to read the book and haven't done it yet, please leave us a five-star review there on Amazon uh, because those help uh, Amazon uh, to say, hey, this is a book we ought to be promoting more uh, to our P- our visitors here to the website. So thank you very much. Speaking of five-star reviews, if you love the podcast, we love you too. If you haven't left us a five-star review yet, wherever you podcast from, the more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. We want to thank all of you that have left us one. Thousands of you have done that already. Hit that subscribe button for us as well. All right. Part two of Buy, Seller, Hold brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. I just had my noon Built Bar. Folks, I'm telling you, best protein bar you've ever had. And I know they've given me a ton of this stuff for free, but I've, I've bought a bunch of these before they did. And even now that they're giving me a bunch of it for free to talk about, there was a sale yesterday for the candy cane brownie. I'm like, I just, I got to get more of those, man, before it goes away with Christmas. So I delved into the pocket and bought another stash of built. I mean, there's like an entire shelf in my fridge that is just built bars. <laughs> All right. That's how much of a fan I am of these. Easy on the tummy. That's a big thing when you're talking about uh, a protein supplement because sometimes they're not. Easy on the calorie count, on the sugar as well. Less than five grams of sugar, less than uh, 200 calories in everyone, up to 20 grams of protein in everyone, well over 20 different flavors, all covered in real chocolate. Trust me, you've never had a protein bar this good. Use my name to take advantage of your very first ever Built Bar purchase. That's B-U-I-L-T for Built Bar. Uh, 20% off your first order at BuiltBar.com when you use the promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E, at BuiltBar.com. Again, only place you can get them right now is at BuiltBar.com. All right, Aaron, you're up. Up next, Ed Grant says the Vatican's nativity scene is the perfect ending to 2020. Everything good is taken away. Have you seen this? I have. Okay. What is it? I, I know they're saying it's a nativity scene. But really, what is that? What 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 is that? Um, uh, the last dying witch of Pachumama before he was thrown into the Tiber. <laughs> <laughs> a 
there's some oh, there's some Catholic shade for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, I, I, so they're like these. I can't even describe it. Like it's it's an outer space dystopia. Yes, it's like it's like the it's like uh, Santa Claus versus the Martians. It's the nativity on Mars. It's the I, I I don't what what's the point of it? What 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 is it trying to convey? I mean, they they look like it looks like um, they're here to anally probe you, uh, not to. Um, introduce you to your messiah and savior what is it okay this pope from the beginning it could be many shades of darkness that i just don't have the strength to go into uh right now but this pope from the very beginning has shown this penchant for rejecting all manner of things of the past as antiquated and embracing a future that while maybe uncertain is something all of us are called to do to stay relevant now to be fair throughout all of church history throughout of all human history that that when when do you get that decision right sometimes you know either you adjust or you get left behind, or the right move is simply to reject this new nonsense because we had it right the first time. Well, he, you know, he he refused. He did not like the trappings of the papacy right out of the gate. He was like, he gave a chair to his guard. You know, do you remember the Swiss guard standing out at his desk? He, th- things like that because somehow that made him feel uncomfortable. So uh, he just has this that this natural aversion that opens these gaping holes for things like this. I, I just, and again, it, it's many shades of worse than that potentially, but at the very least, he's just, he's just really a quirky dude about uh, uh, needing to reset the bar when the Catholic Church by definition is supposed to be regardless of how many advances it makes into the future, the Catholic church should be one of the most, bear with me here, traditional entities in all of human history. I mean, that word is actually one of its three, the three legs on its stool. It does seem a tad odd, right? You know, we have a, we've got a big thing in Protestantism of a whole bunch of, Protestants and and denominations that really don't believe in the word of God. So we're like, you know, that's the whole point of our protest, right? That's, that was the protestism is that the word of God is supreme. So then why are you wearing our uniform? If you don't agree with that, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like if you, if you, you can disagree with it, you can hate it, despise it. You're free to do that. Um, But then why do you want, join with us then who who have the other view go form your own thing right? right similarly how exactly does one become pope with a disdain for tradition I, i'm asking i don't know the answer to that well because that's is. really what you described right 
a disdain for tradition really is what you described on some level yeah yes and as you when we were talking off air about the uh the borges it is clear if you learn nothing else from a study of Catholicism, that you better have a pretty substantial appreciation for God's permissive will in who he decides to be the leaders of his flock at any one given moment, because, yo, yeah, I got questions. The only two endeavors I know of currently in all of human existence that people look forward and long and, and strive to join while disagreeing with their stated charted belief systems are the Christian church and the Republican party. I, I don't know of anything else on earth. People are like, man, those people are wrong about everything. I've got to join. I've got to be a part of this. I, the only two things I know of that people go out of their way to be a part of and connect with and join with that. They just totally disagree with the, their stated fundamental belief systems are the Christian church and the Republican party. I don't know of any other things that operate like that. Well, then the Pope, you know why I don't, I don't join Islam. Can you guess maybe why I, 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 I didn't become a Muslim. Cause you agree with them. Cause I don't, cause I, that's right. Cause I agree because I don't obviously if, if follow the logic now difficult as it may be, if I agreed with Islam, then I would be a Muslim. Because I don't agree with Islam, I therefore cannot be a Muslim. Mm -hmm. But apparently, not agreeing, agreeing with Christianity and the Republican Party is the attraction to joining these endeavors in my lifetime, I've noticed. I, it's, it's a damnable thing, but it, the observation stands nevertheless. Up next, we'll go to Stephen Grant, who says the top five characteristics of Home Alone 1 and 2. One, Marv screaming. Two, Kevin outsmarting Mar Har Harry and Marv. Three, Kevin breaking others by playing angels with filthy souls, angels with even filthier souls. Four, Kevin's name being yelled. Or five, Marv making Harry angry. So... I, I love the, the first finding characteristics. The, the rest of them are you know, whatever. The second one's okay. But to me, you have to have number three has got to be number one. Okay. I mean, that that's the most memorable scene in any of the films is, is the playing of the, uh, the, the filthy souls. Uh, that that's got to be number one. So I got to sell. That's the most memorable scene in the whole thing. Uh, you've got to include the, the relationship in those movies that Kevin has in the first one with the old man and the second one with the bird lady. Those are pretty touching scenes, pretty well executed, especially involving a kid that young, you know, it brings in the, yeah, okay. it's a, the, the both movies are surprisingly well, well balanced, you know, the, the zany hijinks plus some touching human moments. So, yeah, I think you kind of undersold the weight of your film there. Up next, Raymond Fava says, The Office is the only show with consistently decent Christmas episodes. I'll buy that. Consistently decent. Who else had great Christmas episodes? There's got to be other shows we're missing out on, right? So I got to sell on the word only. I just have to sell on the word only on principle. There had to be other shows that were known for having great Christmas show episodes that I just, I can't recall right now. So I'm going to sell. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't, 
I'll sell as well. I mean, I guess maybe it just ma- was faithful to making sure it had one and other ones didn't take it that seriously. But yeah, that's the, the, the office is clearly a great show, but it's, this seems to be a little bit out of proportion to reality. Up next, Liquid Math says, during next year's Christmas show, you will still be talking about lockdowns and forced masking. I'm going to let you answer this first. Bye. I, I Listen, here, we are... We're not in major American cities. They've been given every incentive to keep pushing forward with what they're doing. They're not, they're, they don't plan on schools. Entire schools uh, years are going to be lost. They're, they're not going to go back in this calendar year. So, so there's that, and that takes us all the way into uh, September. And then, so emboldened by just zombie flesh-eating after a while, how do you just stop? How do you turn the switch off? I, I, in, in preparing for our uh, end-of-year show, Steve, and going through the list that you always go through every year, mm-hmm. I, my, my mind goes to so many preposterous places Again, there's it normal, whatever you think is normal is gone. It's just gone. The, the we in our montage today about uh, the hey, yeah, uh, the vaccines here are great, but uh, keep masking and don't go anywhere. Spirit of the age, man. I, I don't know where this is going to go, but it's it's yeah, we're going to be talking about it on some level. So this is going to sound weird coming from the guy that keeps telling you over and over again, this isn't going to end until we make it end and not a moment sooner, right? Right. Okay. I'm going to hold though. And, you know, we, one of the, one of the things we do with our first show of the year every year is unveil my top 10 predictions for the year. And then, you know, how plausible are these things? Normally by this time, I've at least got a few in, in mind. I, I'm having a hard time coming up with any. Now, on Monday, January the 4th, when we start the new year, I'll have 10. I'm just telling you, because that's my job. I'll have 10. But right now, I'm having a hard time even circulating around anything that I'm even mulling over. And the, the reason why is this thing is devolving really fast, really fast. And one of the things that set us back last year is I I think there was a layer of people who would be the the types that would not be the first people to show up at a fight. But if, if we started one and could prove to them that it was a worthwhile one, then they could be convinced to join. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. And I think that layer of people was really held back this year because it was the Republican president that launched and his task force that launched the 15 days to flatten the curve and the 30 days to slow the spread. And and I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, it, you know, like it's pretty easy to figure out which side you're on between Donald Trump and Brian Kemp on audit the signatures of all your mail-in votes, right? That 
That's a pretty, you can figure that one out kind of on your own. Mm -hmm. But when the governor of Georgia is opening up his state because like no one's in the hospital for COVID and the president is attacking him for doing it, you're kind of like, well, does Donald Trump know something? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at Georgia's numbers. It totally makes sense. You see what I'm saying? Sure. The confusion reigns at that point. And when Anthony Fauci is getting interviewed by major conservative media outlets, and the White House is pumping him up early this year as their guy. And then a few of us are out there saying, this guy is a total fraud. Don't buy into anything he's saying. People get confused, right? Well, I like this host, but he's interviewing him. And this host I like, and you're telling me not to trust the guy. Then by the time we get to the next, a few more months go by though. And now his name is Mud, right? Okay, his name is Mud everywhere on the right. Anthony Fauci's name is Mud. I bring all those that all that up because there is a reasonably good chance that Donald Trump is not going to be in the White House next year, right? All right. Okay. And I wonder if the normal, you know, we're not going to have the Republican vice president on the tarmac with Governor Doug Douche, uh, the Republican there in Arizona. Uh, about you know having a, uh, a you know a ventilator uh, orgy and lock it down like we did this summer. Remember that? Those scenes where the guys that you think are wearing your jersey aren't going to occur, aren't going to occur in the likely environment, at least with the with the frequency and with the cover of the White House. They're not going, I mean, it didn't, it took Donald Trump getting out of the hospital from COVID for him to finally have the COVID messaging that on this show, we were begging him publicly and privately for how many months to adopt, right? All right. All right. That I think confused a lot of our people about, well, how serious is this really? You see what I'm saying? Sure. Because you also, that's my guy. Could he be this wrong? I don't want to think he's that wrong. Well, he was. It probably, that along with voter fraud cost him his presidency in my view. Um, that won't be there this time. And the lines, I think, you'll have your Governor Mike DeWine types, but without cover from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, where the guy with the R jersey is, is, you know, anointing Debbie Burks and Anthony Fauci as heralds. You know what I'm saying? Sure. They're all going to be wearing uh, team the, the other teams, the blue jersey now. And I think that's going to make the lines a lot more clear about who's shutting me down and why. And we are going to reach a breaking point. That, that, that's human nature. Everybody has a breaking point. I would have thought we were to reach ours a long time ago. Oh, yeah. And it's my great disappointment for this year that we did not. But we will eventually. And I wonder if you're sitting there and it's the Democratic president and the Democratic media and the Democratic speaker and the Democratic Senate majority leader, or even if it is uh, Mitch McConnell with his 51 to 49 lead uh, talking about uh, uh, put masks on your ass uh, because you come COVID out your backside, you know, our base hates his guts, right? They can't stand him anyway, right? So he's like a Democrat to them. See what I'm saying? So it's almost no difference to our base, whether it's Ditch or uh, Chuck Schumer telling them to mask for Evs. With Trump not confusing the issue with his task force, the way that he did for three or four months this year before he waited way too long to bring Scott Atlas in, without that confusion, 
there's going to be really nobody our base around the country respects who's going to be pimping COVID Stan. All the people pimping COVID Stan are going to be people our base doesn't like, either Democrats or Republicans like Doug Dushi and Mike DeWine. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Nobody our base has in any regard is going to be an ambassador for COVID Stan. And I wonder, once that occurs, and, the, and we get past this winter, I've told you the truth of everything I know and believe about this virus from day one. I don't know what's going to happen going through a, a, a flu season and a winter season with it. We don't know that yet. Now, I suspect we went through one last year, because you know what I think, that it got here a lot earlier than we're being told, right? Right. But there is, who knows what'll happen? We don't I, We don't know. I, I think we have a, some good ideas, but it's not the same as there's a reason why we wanted everybody outside as soon as the warm weather hit, right? There's a reason why we wanted to build up as much, I, I'm sorry, uh, uh, umbrella immunity as we possibly could when the weather was warm before we got to this point, right? There's a reason why we told the sports, the college sports teams, don't push the football season back to December. Play it now. You remember all these conversations yeah. we had? Because we don't know going through our very first winter season how the we don't really know we don't know and we may have to wing it a little bit even under the best of circumstances but when the weather turns warm again next year and people are tired of this and and we're not going to have mike pence and his solemn face and donald trump counting you know ventilators like you know you count sheep to go to sleep and debbie burks bedazzling her face shield on the white house lawn and anthony fauci holding court at 1600 pennsylvania avenue wearing our jersey while doing it but they're all going to be wearing the other guys jerseys i wonder might that be the point that a lot of people say you know what man hell no i'm not doing this anymore it could be it could be a lot of people will give themselves permission to push back on this in ways that they they maybe weren't sure about before because half the time Trump was promoting COVID panic born and then the other time he was telling us to open the country. The messaging was so very confused. Those lines are going to be much more stark and clear in 2021 if Joe Biden is sworn in. That's why I'm going to hold. Is that you disagree or agree? Oh, it makes sense. It just it still basically begs the question that there's a there's an environment where we're still talking about this that people are still forced come November of December a year from now to to react about that instead of just waxing poetic about the history that was. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just there's just too much mental illness that counts on this existing. Yeah. Next, we'll go to Jarrett. Steve, preemptively punking out on watching Michigan versus Ohio State football game is a dude code violation. I think we've been over this. I'll let you guys answer it, but I'm totally okay with it if it is. I, I'm under no obligation to beat my head against the wall according to the dude code, I, at least as far as I'm aware of it. You know, know when you're beaten. Don't be a dumbass. Admit, know when you're beaten. So I'm admitting it. If he would see, we still do not know. My contention was he would never go through with that, no matter what. Because he said, under it doesn't matter if Michigan is undefeated. No, I'm not he, doing it. He said, now this year's doesn't count because all hell broke loose and there's not even a game. So we got to wait to see. That's the where the rubber meets the road. If I'm next surprised year, after all these years, you're now listen, if, they, if there's a new coach there next year. I'll watch. Then, it, then, it, then the dynamic changes. Okay. See, then, well, the, the, well, the dynamic changes in that case. But if everything, if there's not one, 
I'm out until they show me that it's worth watching. And I am kind of surprised after all these years to see you, of all people, doubt the depths of my contrarian stubbornness. I, I mean, I, I would have figured you, of all people, would know better. Not, not to doubt Be- my contrarian stubbornness. Because you don't have contrarian stubbornness about your own team. Less so than you have in other ways. I mean, this is your thing, your escape. You love Michigan. It's That's why I have to get away. It's it, it it's not a, it's so, not an escape taking an annual just, blood. But lay. this is trust bit verify. I'm okay. not told okay. I'd have to see with my own eyes that you I, you and you're not gonna get it, but a Mich- a very good Michigan team that you simply would not watch that Everybody would need to see that, I think. And uh, do I think you could do it? Of course, I think you could do it. But I, I'd, 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 it's one thing to say I'm not going to watch 500 Harbaugh team. It's another thing to say, man, he finally got this thing turned around. No, I'd be less inclined to watch that. Because I just watched that game. It was called 2018. We're actually favored in Columbus. Ohio State should have lost the week before to Maryland. We've been destroying the end. We're on a revenge tour, remember? Mm-hmm. Naming the score against your this, team. Every every team all year long in the Big Ten. And we go there and get 60 burgered? This no, man. No, fickle. no, no. I saw you over I'd rather, there. I'd rather I drop s- the soap I saw, at the state prison. I saw no. you right over there drink the blue milk and you said, I'm back, baby. I mean, you know how this thing it works. It was that season, though. That, I'm, that And then it was a month later that they did this. Yeah, I'm not doing that again no i'm not merry christmas everyone josh mcgraw says pending the inauguration of joe biden establishment republicans celebrate their ability to add we will defend your right to say merry christmas back into their useless treasure trove of reasons conservatives must vote for them oh sell they won't even do that (laughs) no i'm not joking They, they won't even do that they won't there will not be a single potential cultural flashpoint issue and Joe Biden won't take Christmas away either. He's just going to redefine it. They're already doing that. Okay. So, uh, but they they won't they won't they won't even attempt to. They don't want to co-opt you. They hate you guys. They're not even going to lie to you about this stuff. Like not even lying right now. They're not even going to lie to you. What they ought to be doing right now is is playing populist with the COVID relief. At least at least grandstanding in the media about uh, voter fraud while doing nothing about it. You know what I mean? But at least giving... They're not even doing that! And you wait till January 21st and Joe Biden is sworn in and that's when you do your immigration uh, H1 or or HB whatever visa worker. You do that then! They're not even doing that. They're not going to lie, pat you on the head. No, plebe. It's Michael Reagan on Newsmax this morning. And Michael Reagan and I argued about this on my local show like 10 years ago. Every Republican has to get out and vote in Georgia. No, you don't. The Republican Party needs to drive out and turn out its voters in Georgia. Donald Trump got about 10 points more of Republican voters this year than he did four years ago. How did he do that? He earned those votes. Go and do likewise. No, we're going to have all the same conversation. I told you from the beginning, if Trump lost, they're going to reset the clock to the day before he came down the escalator. Did I not say that? They're going right back to their technocratic origins. They're going to act like this was a temporary phase and the country grew out of it. That's what they're going to do. It's who they are. They're not going to placate you at all. There are better odds... Better odds that the Republican Party will, if they it will, would, will bring Roger Goodell in to do the prayer, the invocation before a before to 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 to, to, to gavel in the Senate that they're going to pick any kind of a culture war issue at all. They're not going to do that at all.
Oh, they hate you. Bye. Up next, we've got Aaron E. who says the original Charlie Brown Christmas special is the greatest animated Christmas-themed show of all time. See, I don't agree, but I it's so well done, and it's such a cherished classic that I, I feel bad arguing against this, so I'm going to buy, just because out of respect, unlike uh, the current Pope, I respect tradition <laughs> and so i will buy this even though it's not necessarily my own opinion but I, I just think it's such a cherished tradition i don't feel right arguing about it so bye bye uh finally rapidly jim stalker says mount rushmore of christmas songs one oh holy night two little drummer boy the mercy me version three a little down of bethlehem four mary did you know yeah i'm a total sell although you're right on the mercy me little drummer boy version that's great but number one Christmas song is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Number two, Will Come All Ye Faithful. Number three is Joy to the World. And then there's a whole bunch of things we could discuss and put in what comes next. But those are your top three. And in that order or some order, it's it's those three. Yeah, I'll sell. A little too modern for me. That's it. All right, when we come back, I, I said earlier, his Monday podcast, man, was straight fire. Okay. I'm like, hey, which book of the Old Testament is this? No, it's Daniel's podcast. I'm going to see if I can get him to channel some of that when we bring him on here in a few minutes. Stay tuned. Daniel Horowitz is going to join us next. holiday season we weren't sure would ever arrive is finally here and there is still time to give uh, someone you love and maybe that someone you love is yourself the best guess the best gift of all the gift of meat from our friends over at omaha steaks it's their deluxe grillers assortment it includes perfectly aged top sirloin steaks along with other incredible meats amazing sides those famous omaha steaks desserts and they even throw in four free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer as well all at an exclusive price just for you. If you go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code DACE, omahasteaks.com, uh, just like it sounds, and use the promo code DACE in the search bar. This is the perfect gift for anybody that loves their meat, particularly with winter coming. Good to stock up right now. And they offer 100% money back guarantee. Why? Because they know. You're not going to want your money back. You're just going to probably want more from Omaha Steaks. All right, go to omahasteaks.com. Again, omahasteaks.com. Enter in the promo code DACE. That's D-E-A-C-E to shop some of the best gourmet gifts of the season. Let's bring in our good friend, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. Uh, Good to have you back with us, my friend. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's snowing, Steve. That's one thing they still can't take away from us. We love our good old snow. There you go. So I've I've had a chance to listen to a couple of your podcasts uh, in the last few days. Uh, I listened um, uh, to the one you just did with Dr. Scott Atlas. And man, even you were like... <laughs> This is depressing even by my standards, okay? Um, but, but, the, but the one you did on Monday, I mean, I, I, I'm listening to like the first 15, 20 minutes of this. I'm like, man, what book of the Old Testament I'm in right now? This was like listening to a prophet just laying down ordinance. I want you, I want to give you like five minutes here, and I'm just going to get out of the way. Can you give our audience sort of the Reader's Digest, Cliff's Notes, condensed version 
of what that was all about. All righty, Steve, here's the way we do it. We're going to go and kidnap your wife and hold her in a building. And it's going to be a federal building and federal agents are going to steal your wife and hold her in a building. But here's the problem, Steve. You're not going to be able to save her because you're a very principled and sincere conservative and you, you like to be consistent. And you would have to break through federal property, break a window, use, use a flashbang to get in there. So therefore, I, you know, Steve, it kind of sucks. You're going to do without your w- wife for the rest of your life. But, you know, what are you going to do about it? That's basically the argument we're hearing. We've been told that, hey. You know, like, yeah, I guess there kind of is fraud, but <laughs> talk to the hand. What are you going to do about it? Who's going to get standing in court, baby? You know, states kind of do what they want. States have a lot of power. They could steal elections. They could violate their own election laws. They could suspend democracy for COVID. They could ban interstate travel for COVID, something even the Articles of Confederation couldn't do, or states couldn't do under them. What are you going to do, Steve? States' rights. Well, I warn people that the only reason we have this entire cascading effect of cultural demographic electoral gerrymandering that has given Democrats ill-gotten power for a generation and all of the legislation and, and mainly executive acts that they have enacted as a result of that are because of federal courts that have mandated ballot harvesting, that have mandated voting without any sense of voter integrity, and to warn people that you can't move on because what, what are you going to say? Hey, wait till 2022. Biden's going to be terrible. Everyone's going to hate him. It's going to be like 2010. Republicans will take back the governorship in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, um, uh, North Carolina, well, Nevada, a couple other states. And then we'll deal with the ballot harvesting. We'll deal with the mail-ins. We'll deal with the um, photo ID and the voter fraud. Well, Steve, the difference between me and these people, as you well know, is I study the issue before it's cool to study it. And I've probably written several hundred articles over the last 10 years on lower courts utterly denuding the states of any ability to do anything. So we had control of those states with trifecta, and every time they tried to do something that would have prevented this, often preventing Democrats from getting into power, like in North Carolina, the federal courts got involved in states' rights. And then the Supreme Court suddenly takes a hands-off approach, that conservative Supreme Court. Well, Steve, hours after I delivered that podcast, because I recorded a little earlier that day, The Supreme Court ruled in two decisions, and let me just give you the top lines. We can go into them. Basically, blocking Indiana from putting lesbian couples who adopt a child on a birth certificate as a non-biological parent. Mm -hmm. And in Kansas, they nullified their law passed by 111 to 11 in the state assembly. 70% of Democrats voted it for it to require proof of citizenship to vote. So non-citizens can't vote. The simplest voter integrity uh, measure, the Supreme Court sided with the 10th Circuit, you can't do it, baby. So federalism for me, but no federalism for thee. They never have a problem with Article 3 standing. They never have a problem getting involved in a state election integrity laws to begin with. But then once we have the calamity 
our wife is locked up and kidnapped in that building as a result of the feds. The Supreme Court says, talk to the hand. That's a state issue, but out. This is the system you and I live in where there is no illegitimate means for them to accomplish their outcomes, but there is no legitimate means for you and I to accomplish outcomes or address our grievances or to uh, counter the collateral damage from what they do. This is a system we cannot win in. And it's just amazing that I took that long view and then a couple hours later, the courts did it prospectively right here, right now. Steve, that golden calf of the conservative Supreme Court, everyone laughed at me. How could you say we don't have a majority? How could you say it doesn't matter to vote Republican? How could you say the Supreme Court is not better? Steve, I think now everyone's going to learn the hard way. They're not going to be there when we're out in the cold looking for help. What I hear you saying is that we are fighting with rules of engagement that are obsolete that we are trying to stay within boundaries that were established to avoid the issues that we're even debating right now ever becoming um, federally mandated causes or impositions. And, and so, you know, in the Revolutionary War, let me give you an analogy. In the Revolutionary War, the Redcoats would go out into the field, right? Um, and they had, they had rules of engagement, and that was breakfast in the morning. And then we have we fight for the next few hours after we've had breakfast and nourishment. We break for tea. And then we go back to fighting. I mean, this is, we're, we're gentlemen here. We're gentlemen. And the colonials are like, F that noise. I want to sleep. I want to get home and sleep with my wife tonight. So I'm going to hide out in this tree. Yeah, you know, there's more of you and you got better guns. So I'm going to hide out in this tree. Okay. And I'm going to wait for you to turn your back on me and I'm going to jump out and then stab you with my bayonet. See you tomorrow. We're not standing in a field and playing uh, shooting gallery. We're not doing that. You got more guns and more people. We're not, we can't win that way, right? What I hear you saying is that we are the Redcoats. Well, there's an acceptable way of doing all of these things. There's a process for carrying all these things out. And meanwhile... The, the, the left is just like, well, we're here to actually destroy your process. We don't care about your process. The reason we are violating it is because we're trying to end it. We are violating it on purpose. It's not that we don't understand the way the process works. We want to, we want to stop your process. We're, we're trying to change it. And so we're still over here arguing uh, um, process and uh, federalism and, and distinctions and traditions they're over here smashing every stained glass window they can get their hands on. In many respects, Daniel, it reminds me, before we were um, inundated with the tales of Arabian Nights at the Gadsden Mall and what may or may not have happened there in the early 1980s, correct? Before we had any of those conversations, this was the argument against Judge Roy Moore going to the United States Senate. This was the argument against Judge Roy Moore for the Ten Commandments monument uh, 15 years ago. The courts have spoken, Judge. You have to obey. And, 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 and so it seems like we're having that exact same argument all over again where our people want to abide by a process that largely doesn't exist. Stephen, with devastating consequences, because, again, what you could take away from this is we could hope 
to fight in our states. Hey, you know, 31 states where Republicans control state legislatures, 24 states with the trifecta, with the governorship as well. Um, 2022 is going to be a very good map for them uh, in terms of at least statewide elections and governorships and things like that. But it doesn't matter. They can't breathe. And, and this is the cuteness of the judicial restraint from the Supreme Court. See, they don't mainly don't rule on bad opinions. What they do is they allow the lower courts to come and say, hey, Idaho, that tranny, uh, you're going to be cutting off his balls in the prison and pay, pay for it. Uh, you're going to pay for it with Medicaid, too, by the way. Um, you can't clean up homeless encampments in Boise because, you know, these people have nowhere to live. Now, mind you, if you're a business owner that has no way of earning a living and you're not getting PPP, your business will be shut down and you can't come to a court and mm -hmm. talk to the hand mm -hmm. um, because federalism and, and, you know, governors could suspend civil liberties all they want, you know, but only for the right people and the right causes. And that that's really where we are. I mean, and this started. So really let's with play this Brexit. out with the voting with the voting issue, just because we're yeah. it's, this is a general principle. But for our audience, here's how this plays out in what you've watched for the last month. So Texas files a lawsuit joined by other states against other states, effectively saying you're not upholding the integrity of the election process and that is diluting our votes. That is violating the social compact here. You're violating the spirit of the of, 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 why, of our system. And so we're going right to the Supreme Court, which the Constitution says states can do to, to sue you for this. OK, and the Supreme Court. And a lot of people, even on our own side, said, well, this violates federalism. We don't want you to have a say in what another state, state does, blah, 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 blah. Yet, um, well, uh, states are to determine election law. Okay. When a whole bunch of states decided, including putting it in their state constitutions, that you have to have a photo ID to vote. Every time we try to then honor this system of federalism, okay, in our state, we're going to batten down the hatches. We're not having any voter fraud. The federal courts step right in and violate all of that federalism and say, you can't do any of that, but you can fund illegal aliens and trainees because we told you to, right? And so that's the point of this. So when Texas says, hey, you're violating the compact here, the spirit of this, the AG does, he can't be, he has no standing. He can't, his grievance can't be heard. Those voters that have these issues with 4 a.m. voter dumps, they can't be heard. They can't be heard uh, because that violates federalism for them to have a say in how another state counts its votes, which I guess if you took it to its most logical conclusion, if another state right on camera literally changed votes to the outcome they wanted and no official within that state was going to hold them accountable for it, then I guess if you live in another state, you just have to tolerate them countermanding your votes for federal office because federalism, I guess. That's the new definition, right? But then meanwhile, when you do practice federalism and say, okay, well, in our state, we're going to close ranks, man. We're going we're gonna to run a tight ship. The federal courts then come off the top rope and say, you can't do any of that in your state. So it's tails, heads I win, tails you lose. There's nothing you can do to win because there is no philosophy. The philosophy is, I like it when my side wins and your side loses. That's the philosophy. We saw this with Brexit. That's really where we started it, where they went down a legitimate process. They had a vote. They were outgunned, outmanned, and they still won. And they're like, screw that. The courts, the politicians, they all got together. The NGOs, hey, we ain't doing this. Um, and that's that's the society we now live in. The It's governed by the progressive morality. This is just the right thing to do. Um, I don't believe in per, uh, co Confederate flags are evil, so you're not going to be able to sell them. Well, does the Constitution give you that power? No. Um you're uh, you're not wearing a mask. You're a murderer. We're going to lock you up. 
and we're going to release the murderers. I mean, literally, this woman was crying to me, has a single mom, African-American, four kids, beautiful business, didn't take any PPP, couldn't even get it, struggling to literally feed her family in Minnesota. She's being sent to court in Ramsey County at St. Paul, while St. Paul um, – now by at the BS to the governor is releasing a child murderer because, you know, it's, he's been there quite a while. He's kind of old. COVID is dangerous to him, you know, but but COVID is dangerous for restaurants to be open. So you you better be closed. And if you open, we're going to put you in jail, you know, because we're not worried about the spread for you. And this is the society we live in, Steve. It's a two tiered political system where you have the elites, criminals and illegal aliens and the homosexual agenda on one side and everyone else on the other side. Mm -hmm. You can this country cannot is not large enough for that to sustain because we can't even bend down the hatches and say, look, you get the feds, you get two thirds of the states. One third will kind of do our thing. Right. I Meaning we're not even and allowed not even, to say we'll fight you in Washington over the money. You guys want Sodom and Gomorrah. Fine. We'll do Pleasant yeah. Valley Sunday. We'll fight you in Washington over the money. Enjoy. God bless America. Nope, can't do. They won't even let you do that. You can't do it. And, and meanwhile, now you could do it because you could tell the federal courts where to go. But the irony is, it's the left. I mean, in Philadelphia, they told Alito to jump in a lake. I mean, they got a court ruling to let in the poll watchers. Screw you, we're not doing it. Right. I mean, that's the thing. And by the way, we're going to learn in the coming months and years from the Biden administration. Um, the real hell of executive authority. <laughs> Let me tell you, when they try to go to some of those Trump judges uh, to the extent that they would even you know, put an injunction on the suspension of civil liberties at the hands of the Biden administration, um, they'll say, hey, you know, uh, they have neither force nor will. They'll, they'll teach us the definition of Federalist 78 and uh, so-called constitutionalists didn't want to hear. Brother, great stuff. Folks, you got to go get this podcast on Monday. Listen to it for yourself. Always good to see you, man. And uh, I think this is our last Wednesday. Merry Until Christmas next year. To you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, happy holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all of that good That's stuff. Right. All right. Don't forget Kwanzaa. We'll that, we all, sides, we often forget that, brother. All right. Take care. Thank you. Don't you forget Kwanzaa either, Todd. I know Never. You. Okay. Special place in my heart. Uh, hey, trying to say your home is challenging in any environment, but, but, but. What if you were going into these, ready? Unprecedented times. Bing. It's even harder. It's even harder then. So where would you go to find an agent that you can trust? Well, you're not going to find a website that says realestateagentyoucantrust.com. They're not going to just openly say, hey, we suck at this. Can't be trusted. Don't rely on us. But thankfully, there is a website that says realestateagentsicantrust.com. It's a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates who are also tired of real estate agents who talked a good game, but then couldn't deliver. Basically, they were just establishment Republicans. Talked a good game, but then couldn't deliver the promised results when needed the most. So they put up this website so that no one else would have to follow in their shoes of suffering. And from now on, no matter where you go in the country, find an agent that you can trust at Real Estate Agents I Trust. Com. That'll do it for today's show. We're going to stick around and do the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, get your copy. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.